What's going on, everybody, and welcome back to the show. Today, we are talking about slave morality. Now, the first thing that I want to do is define the terms that we're going to be using, which is morality and slave, and then together, slave morality. And let's get right into it. So, morality is a system of ideas judging what is good and evil. Common examples of a moral system include all the religions, Christianity, Islam, and so and so. And then you have objectivism, and then you have a whole bunch of other stuff, right? And to move on to the next definition of a slave, and this is pretty obvious, but I just wanted to put that out there just to make sure. A slave is someone who is the property of somebody else. Therefore, slave morality is a person whose ideas of good and evil comes from the person who owns them. Now I want to clarify what I mean by slave because obviously you're most likely not a physical slave. You most likely don't have anybody with a whip behind your back or whatever. But I mean a psychological slave. And those are the people that you allow to have power over you or actually do have power over you in some way, shape, or form. And if you don't know what the definition of power is, it is the ability to escape consequences. Anybody that can escape consequences when it comes to you has power over you. And each of us have power in individual situations and dealing with certain people. For example, every parent has power over their child. Every government official has power over the citizens. And most businesses, which I believe this is wrong, the customer has power over the over the worker. The business owner has power over the employees. So all of us have opportunities for power. We will most likely have power over somebody at some point in our lives, even if it's just having a parking spot. When you have a parking spot that somebody else wants, you have power over them in that moment. You can passively, aggressively back out of the spot and then pull back in and then back out and then pull back in just to get on somebody's nerves. Or you can just sit there and wait for them to drive by and get on them, their nerves that way. There's tons of opportunities for power. I just wanted to put that definition out there just so it wasn't confused with anything else. Now, I want to talk about the common groups of slave owners. And I've already said a couple of them. Parents and other childhood authorities. Quote, friend groups, corrupt church leaders or religious leaders, and politicians. And now I want to move on to the essence of slave morality, which is when you want something or you believe something is good, but you denounce it for the sake of your owner, the person you are enslaved to, flipping good and evil on demand, pretty much. Now I want to move on to a couple of examples of slave morality and how it manifests in people's lives. And it comes up a lot more places than you think it does. So let's get right into that. So as an example, you believe that you shouldn't have abusive people around you. You believe that it's immoral to have abusive people around you because X, Y, Z. And that's a really good moral rule to have for yourself. I have that rule for myself, but let's say that you believe this, but you have your abuser around you. You believe having abusive people around you is evil, but there's an abusive person that has power over you that you're allowing into your life still. And this is one that is tragically common. Tragically, uh, tragically common, man. The vast majority of people believe that it's, they shouldn't have abusive people around, but they keep bringing people who abuse them around, which is absolutely crazy. As another example, you could be somebody who believes in independent thought. But you go along with what your friends, quote, friends, are saying or doing when they're doing something or saying something evil, where your participation would indicate that you agree with them. Let's say I'm talking about myself. Let's say I believe in property rights, which I do, and I have a group of terrible friends, quote, friends, and they're like, hey, Tyreek, let's go rob this bank or let's go rob this Kona stove. <laughs> let's go rob the Kona stove. So I get in the whip <laughs> and I go with them to the Kona stove. And I, I take some candy or whatever, right? 
um, I believe in independent thought, but in that situation when I'm dealing with these quote friends, I say do something evil, and my participation will indicate that I agree with them, and I am a slave to their morality in that moment. I think it would be more accurate to say that I'm a slave to them, those quote friends. And as another prime example, I would say is audience capture. Now this happens a lot on YouTube and social media and other places. I don't know if it happens as much on podcasts because the the interaction with the the viewers and the podcaster is not as uh, it's not the same. It's just not the same. And what happens on YouTube and other social media platforms is that you do something and you have some moderate success, but then you do something that's outrageous, outrageous, and you have fantastical success. You have millions of views and you've made tens of thousands of dollars off this video or this TikTok or this short or whatever it is, right? And what happens is what is good becomes what the audience wants, which got you that 10 million views or whatever, even though it was unethical, maybe it was immoral, maybe it was unjust, maybe it was cruel and mean. And as an example of videos that get this kind of views, it's like when people film their children embarrassing themselves or they embarrass their children on camera or they hit their children on the camera, or they prank somebody on camera, or they hit somebody on camera, or they do something stupid on camera, like steal a car or steal something from the store on camera. And in order to get those views again, they just keep escalating the negative behaviors that they're doing in order to keep that audience. So they are now a slave to their audience. Now, there's a very, very, very simple and easy way to beat the temptation of slave morality and its prevention. The best thing to do for any problem that could come up is prevention. And to prevent yourself from being subject to slave morality is that you don't put yourself in situations where you're likely to be seen as a slave to other people. Now, to illustrate this point, I want to give an example that is totally unrelated to what I've been saying this whole podcast, but I swear it will make sense. So imagine you and your wife, you're, you're not having that great of a marriage. You know, it's kind of boring. It's kind of sloppy. You don't really talk as much as you used to. You don't really have as much you know, and of course it's used to, and the spark isn't there anymore, and this lady comes around, and she's hot, and she's giving you attention, and she's flirting with you, and all this stuff, right? Now, as a example of prevention, you would say, hey, I'm married to my wife, I can't do this, and you will walk away from the jump. Instead, what most people do, well, I wouldn't say this in a very con- context, but just in any context where temptation is around, they allowed the temptation to escalate to the point where it's almost impossible to say no. So with this dating marriage example, I'm in a shady marriage and this woman is giving me attention. She's hot and it starts out like, hey, let's go on the business trip together. You go on the business trip together and it's fine. You go out to eat a couple of times and it's nothing. And then you come home and, you know, you start talking to her more and more and more. And then you start, you know, hanging out a little bit after work. You just stick around for 30 minutes to talk. And then next thing you know, you're going on another business trip and you stay in the same hotel room. And then the stuff happens. (laughs) You just allow the temptation to escalate to the point where it's almost impossible to say no. Like, imagine, imagine you're in the situation, right? You let temptation get all the way to the breaking point where it's almost impossible to say no. In this scenario, you would be in the hotel room with this lady. You're in the same hotel room. And she would be butt-ass naked in front of you. That's that's what most people allow the temptation to get before they turn around and say, uh, before they try to stop it. And at that point, it's pretty much impossible to stop it. So in terms of preventing slave morality, you have to get rid of the people in your environment who are likely to treat you as a slave. 
people who don't have moral qualities that are in line with yours will likely try to use you for their own purposes. For example, a ton of ton of parents out there treat their children like children. Like they are their children, but once you're a grown man or woman, it would be inaccurate in my opinion to see to to treat your child as a child when they're actually a grown man or woman now. Which means to say that your preferences take precedent over their preferences. When you're an adult and you're dealing with your children, you not, you need to negotiate with them. If you're not negotiating with them, you're treating them like a child still, and that is you're gonna have a pretty strong aversion to that type of behavior if you're the the child. And that's part of the reason why a lot of kids don't talk to their parents anymore. Just saying, if you if you're a parent and you're listening to this, please treat your children like they're gonna be adults one day and negotiate with them and stop putting your preferences over theirs because they're gonna have preferences on their own one day. And if they're one of the preferences is, hey, I don't want to have people who um, take precedence of their interests over mine all the time without regards to not be around me, then you're fucked. And then this is obviously common in friend groups. You know, as a child, you have these group of friends and these people might not have been the people you would have chose in a voluntary situation. But you're trapped in the same school with these same city ass teachers and the same dumb education. And you just find some group of people who you're. You can kind of get along with for a little bit. And as you grow up, you get different from each other. And you go in your own direction. They go in their own direction. Rarely do people stay in the same direction for too long. Especially in those formative years. But a lot of people grow out of each other. But they have an urge to keep these people around who are no longer compatible with them. And they become a slave to their friend group. For myself, I've personally experienced this where I had the urge to like just conform to the group, man. Conform to the group. Conform to the quote friends. But... I did not succumb to temptation, and as a result, I just leave groups before I go into a new group. I want to be this guy, I go find a group of people like that. And then I'm going to come somebody else, I go into a group of people like that, and so on and so forth. And I just have to drop people on the way. It's just what it is. It is what it is. Nobody's going to come with you. Not everybody's going to come with you. Maybe a couple people come with you, but yeah. So, what I'm essentially saying is to prevent the temptation from getting to the point where you're Resistance is almost futile. You just got to put yourself in different environments. Put yourself in a different mental environment by changing the content that you watch, the music that you listen to, and all that stuff, and the people that you associate with in your head and out in the real world. And yeah, man, that's all I got to say, man. Slave morality is a big problem in the world. And it's not a problem that's going to be, that is going to go anywhere anytime soon. So I have armored you against the temptation to be a slave to have slave morality, and I'll see you in the next one, and peace out.